This podcast is brought to you by Audible. You can now get two free audiobook downloads and a 30-day free trial at audible.bogosity.tv. Your choice from the world's largest selection of over 180,000 digital audiobooks and spoken word content for your iOS or Android device, Kindle, or MP3 player. Go to audible.bogosity.tv now. Welcome to the Bogosity Podcast for the week of January 29, 2017. The podcast that induces vomiting. This is your host, Shane Killian, and joining me this week is Chris Hangartner. Chris, welcome back to the podcast. Hey. Let's listeniate the news of the bogus. So, Trump's our president now, and his inauguration saw mass protests and even violent riots from the very same leftists who were complaining that Trump voters should accept the results back when they thought Hillary was going to win. I will say, even though I'm not a fan of Trump, I just love how he's exposing the hypocrisy for all those SJWs. Oh, yeah. But lots of people cover those riots, as I did on my YouTube channel, so I don't really know what more we can say, but there is another protest that didn't get much airplay that I think is really indicative of the problem. Milo Yiannopoulos was scheduled to speak at the University of Washington, and the result was a massive protest from people who think that freedom of speech should only apply to their ideology. It's typical of them. It turned violent, and one of the protesters shot a 32-year-old man in the stomach. He was taken to Harborview Medical Center in critical condition. I've tried to see if I can get an update on this since that was several days ago. I've seen sporadic reports saying he's recovering well, but I can't get any consistent information. It's so ironic that they, that they shot him because these are the same leftists that say that we shouldn't have guns. They just mean you people. Hey, yep. Oh, I just want to ask these people, are you guys looking at yourselves? You know, Self-awareness is not a strong suit with them. Yeah, but here's another thing that me and Tim Dyson pointed out. You know, it's one thing I really like about Trump being president. We can finally use the social contract against those people. Oh, yeah. We can tell them, you don't accept Donald Trump? Well, why don't you just leave then? After all, your social contract says you got to do whatever the government says, regardless of who's in power. No, no, no. That just applies to their ideology. Yeah. Well, the protesters were agitating pretty much from the start. According to police, at one point, protesters in masks tried to rush the entrance, and that forced police to push the line back and stop people from entering. Protesters started chanting, shut it down, while people wanting to attend the talk chanted, let us in. The shooting occurred after the protest had escalated into people throwing bricks and paint balloons at police who responded with pepper spray. Yeah. And I think it's because it's like what you said in that one quickie. The biggest problem is that these were spoiled kids that were never taught how to lose, so therefore when they lose for the first time, they don't know how to cope with it. Yeah, life is about accepting losses and getting into a better position next time. And, I mean, really, Sun Tzu's Art of War, a lot of that is about creative losing. Yep. Really? Yeah. Washington lost almost every single battle he had against the British. Yep. Why did he win in the long run? He won when it mattered. Yeah. They advanced, but he made them pay for every inch of ground. Or Rosa Parks is another example. I think a lot of people have this idea that Rosa Parks, you know, sat on the wrong seat on the bus and then got kicked off and she sued and the court said, you can't do that. And everything was happy. No, she lost. Yep. And then she lost the next one. And then she lost the next one. And she kept losing and losing and losing. But then finally she won. And Yeah, that's the thing that people fail to realize. The whole bus thing, it wasn't caused by the government. It was caused because after hearing that so many people were outraged by Rosa Parks for over a year, people weren't taking the bus. The bus was losing business. And eventually they said, you know what? 
screw the laws, let them on. Yeah, and this is actually something that, because we've been talking about like Uber and Lyft, a lot of this comes from that because people started doing that. They were like, hey, well, I'm going to give rides to black people. They can give me the coins they were going to put in the bus and I'll take them to where they want to go. And then so the government had to stop it and say, oh, you can't do that because you don't have a commercial license. Oh, yeah. So University of Washington President Anna Marie Koss said in a statement, quote, I am absolutely heartbroken that someone was shot on our campus during tonight's protest. I have been very proud of our students who, to the best of my knowledge, acted with restraint, whether they were planning to attend the event or protested peacefully. It is an outrage that anyone would resort to violence in the middle of this otherwise peaceful protest. There was also a nearby assault of a Trump supporter who was bloodied with an obvious head injury. One person with a Trump cap was assaulted with a paint balloon and hit in the face and then pulled into the crowd and beaten. The unidentified man said, quote, I seriously stood on the edge just trying to listen to what they were saying. I did nothing to agitate them. The most I did was stand up there wearing this hat. All I wanted to do was hear what they were chanting about and read their signs. And his father said, quote, they beat him like a bunch of piranhas. They just attacked my son. I tried to get in there and tried to defend him, and they started slugging me, too. They took his hat from him. When he went to reach for it, they just started beating the hell out of him. You know, after seeing this and that um, uh, incident where that girl thought that um, a sheet for a lab equipment was a Ku Klux Klan member, oh, yeah. I'm starting to think that some of these SJWs have paranoid schizophrenia. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, seriously, people. If you think that there's some uh, organization out there like the patriarchy out to get you, even though it's been 100% proven that such an organization doesn't exist, but you still believe it, you need to see professional help because I think you might need severe psychiatric evaluation. Now, lines like this are why I really hate the news media. This Fox, Illinois story, which is the most neutral one I could find on it, said, quote, Yiannopoulos was banned from Twitter in 2016 after his followers targeted an African-American actress. No, they that didn't. isn't at all how it happened. Because, I mean, they were just criticizing her performance in Ghostbusters. None of them were shown to be followers of Yiannopoulos, whatever that means. Yiannopoulos himself didn't get involved until much later with two fairly innocuous tweets. I mean, it's a good thing that movie died because everyone was saying, oh, if you hate Ghostbusters, you're a sexist. It's like, no, I hate Ghostbusters because it was a terrible movie. It wasn't funny. From what I've heard, it's actually better than the trailers made it out to be, but then again, it would have to be. Well, yeah. I haven't seen it, though, so I can't comment. Probably better than Ghostbusters 2, though. Notice how no one mentions that one. <laughs> so Yiannopoulos decided to go ahead with his talk, not wanting to be intimidated into silence. After his talk was over, police made the crowd wait inside the hall for about an hour until the protests outside calmed down for fear they might be victims of violence. They ended up being led out through a back stairwell under a parking garage that came out a few blocks away. Really, here's my message to the protesters. What do you think you're doing? What do you think you're going to accomplish? Or what makes you think that this is in any way acceptable? Well, like we said before, they're spoiled rich kids that grew up in a pampered life and were told they can never lose. And, well, they lost. They probably got what they wanted every time they threw a tantrum. Oh, yeah. Say, if you're tired of the promos in this podcast, well, the patrons got it early and with no ads or promos. Just go to patreon.bogosity.tv and donate at any level. Hey everybody, this is Dave of the Superplex Bros, and you're listening to the Bogosity Podcast. 
When you're done, why don't you head over to superplugsbros.com. We have all kinds of editorials and reviews on video games and pro wrestling. We're also currently hosting a major project called the Superplex Pokemon League, and we're about to go into our third season. We just had our actual draft, and we're going over all of the teams and their draft picks. So why don't you head on over there, check things out, and if you like, you can even check out the Superplex Brothers podcast, where Matt and I basically bullshit about video games, pro wrestling, or whatever the hell we want. Anyway, until next time, take care. So this is a time for not only looking ahead to Trump's presidency, but looking back on Obama's. That's what this next Gov article does with Obama's cybersecurity policy, saying that Obama did almost everything right, and it still turned out wrong. Boy, how many government policies can you say that about? Yeah, if I recall correctly, didn't we give him an idiot extraordinaire because the guy he assigned to handle the U.S. cybersecurity, um, he knew nothing about it? Yep, and that was why Trump got it last week, because he put Rudy Giuliani in charge of it. That's the reason why so many people are hacking the U.S. government. It's because our security sucks. Yeah, like the Office of Personnel Management hack we talked about. Yeah, fun fact. The computer network system that handled all the U.S. nuclear weapons at one point was 00001. Yeah, and this is an administration that took cyber threats seriously from day one, saying, okay, what's the best way to prevent these and punish attackers? But in the end, it didn't work, and it probably didn't help that he just kept blaming nation states like Russia and North Korea for attacks when there was no real evidence they were the instigators. And not to mention, one of the problems is that... Let's say you build the strongest security system out there, like, and you've proven it, like, you've hired, you know, hackers, and they can't hack into it, even the best ones. The U.S. government's going to say, well, you can have that, but you got to have a backdoor so we can access into it, completely ignoring that. If it's accessible to the government, it's accessible to the hackers. That's how it is, and then there's nothing really that a nation-state can do that one of these, you know, huge hacker organizations that exists on the dark web can't. Oh, yeah. I mean, they can do things like police powers, but as far as just hacking's concerned, the, these guys are organized. They have, like, help desk lines and, you know, HR departments and things like that. Yeah. Now, as with the previous story, I don't like how credulous this one is. It says, quote, President Barack Obama will leave office this week following an election in which digital breaches ordered by Russian President Vladimir Putin helped undermine the losing candidate Hillary Clinton, sowed doubts about the winner Donald Trump's legitimacy, and damaged faith in the nation's democratic institutions. No, he didn't. Well, we don't know for sure that he didn't, but as we've said... If Obama has any evidence he did, he's keeping it to himself. Yeah. As it is, we just don't know who did it. It might have been Putin. We don't, we can't say it wasn't. And actually, Lord T. Hawkeye brought this up. Even if Russia did hack into the election, how does that dismiss all the shit they uncovered about Hillary? Yeah, because it was all true. Because there's a funny meme that I saw one time where a husband discovers that his wife is cheating on him and he confronts her and say, hey, I just got all these texts from your phone. Why are you seeing this guy behind my back and saying shit about me? And her response is, hey, why were you spying on my phone, you heartless bastard? Didn't you trust me? Yeah. Apparently not, and apparently he was right not to. Even if Trump is getting some support from Russia... Hillary's getting support from Saudi Arabia and all these big corporations that nobody likes. Yeah, and huge banks and things like that. But, as the story reports, experts aren't impressed with Obama's legacy in this regard. Paul Rosenzweig, DHS Deputy Assistant Secretary, said, quote, He set himself up with all the tools, but he blew this. 
Despite these efforts, we aren't actually any better off in terms of cybersecurity. Government moves at 60 miles per hour, and Internet innovation moves at 6,000 miles per hour. Hackers are ahead of defenders, defenders are ahead of legislators, and legislators are ahead of regulators. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, things like the Office of Personnel Management hack, that could have been avoided if they had just followed existing industry standards. Yeah. Here's what Trump is going to have to do. He's going to have to make officials, including his own cabinet secretaries, accountable for the security of their own departments. They get breached, it's on them. And he's going to have to accept that the desire of government to spy on anyone and everyone compromises everybody's security. Oh, yeah. Especially since we keep getting these new IoT devices in there and they keep getting hacked. You know, we've got enough to deal with as it is. Let's secure everything we can at least secure and then focus on this new threat from IoT devices. Because I understand, you know, security is a personal responsibility, but, you know, here's the thing. I'm not a computer guy. I don't know anything about programming, and that's why I get pissed off when I see all these incidences of places getting hacked, because here's the thing. If you build a strong security, even if your customer doesn't know anything about programming, he's still, for the most part, somewhat safe, because, you know, if your security is strong, then he doesn't have to worry too much. He shouldn't have to worry. Yeah, but if you do an incompetent job and have all these backdoors and holes in your security system, then, yeah, he's got to worry. He's got to go on Google and say, okay, how do I install and make my computer safer? And he's got to deal with all that stress and craziness. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's it, like, it doesn't matter how good a job you do if the people behind the scenes are incompetent okay podesta shouldn't have his password be p at sign ssw0rd or whatever it was that was a dumb password but even if he had used LastPass and randomly generated it it still wouldn't have mattered because it was emailed in the plane yeah and you could just get that little random string and get it at that point it doesn't matter how good the password is you've got it yeah but the big lesson here is Government just moves too slowly, so we need to take responsibility for our own security. If you're on the Wi-Fi in a coffee shop or hotel, anyone on that network can get your traffic. Do you really trust all of those strangers? For that matter, do you really trust your ISP? A VPN can protect you from prying eyes, disguise your location, and even foil government sensors. It's essential in this day and age. So go to vpn.pogosity.tv and you'll be taken to BoxPN. Starting at just $2.99 a month, you can get unlimited high-speed connections to VPN servers all over the world. And they don't log connections, so your privacy is assured. Traveling abroad, just VPN home, and don't worry about what those other governments are doing. Back at home, stop your ISP from traffic shaping and messing with the quality internet access you're paying good money for. You can connect from multiple machines at once, including your smartphone or tablet, and it supports all the secure standards, including OpenVPN and SSTP. Bypass sensors and surveillance with your own secure VPN connection. Go to vpn.pogosity.tv. You know, I'm constantly amazed at how many people in government just don't get this whole freedom of speech thing. We talked last week about how burning a U.S. flag is protected speech under the First Amendment. Well, so is displaying the flag of any other country, such as Vietnam, which apparently the city of San Jose doesn't get. Councilman Tam Nguyen is leading a charge to ban anyone in the city from flying the flag. He said the Socialist Republic of Vietnam flag represents the same communism that many Vietnamese in San Jose came to America to get away from. Quote, We associate that flag with atrocity, oppression, and brutality. 
We ran away from communism, so we don't want to see it. We'd rather not be reminded of all the sadness. Well, you know, I understand why they'd hate that, but why don't you do what most people should do, actually have a discussion? That's why, in all honesty, I facepalm whenever time I hear people, you know, ban the swastika and all that, and I just wanted to say, Europe, there's a reason why neo-Nazi groups are becoming more powerful in Europe. It's not because you're letting them do whatever you want, it's because you're doing all this to censor them that nobody's discussing what they are, and some people who are a little arrogant are going to see these guys and say, well, you know what, if these guys are saying something different and are currently incompetent politicians are trying to censor them, then they must be saying something right. Well, and that's what gets me about the anti-discrimination laws. I want the business owner to put up the swastika or the no blacks allowed sign or whatever so I can be sure not to give him any of my money. Yeah, I know. People always say, but without anti-discrimination laws, what's going to stop businesses from discriminating? Simple, the free market. If a guy holds up, you know, a giant sign over a store that says no Jews, fags, and blacks allowed, are you going to shop at that guy's place? No, he's going to go out of business. Meanwhile, the business across that says, oh, we will take Jews, homosexuals, and blacks in as customers. It's going to succeed. But there are many Vietnamese in San Jose who think the flag represents their culture and heritage. Like Chris Lee, membership chair of the Libertarian Party of Santa Clara County, quote, This resolution contradicts American ideas. Younger Vietnamese residents might have issues with their government, but they don't hate their national flag. If we attack their national flag, we're going to alienate them, and they won't feel welcome in the city of San Jose. Leah said he'll challenge Nguyen in 2018 when he's up for re-election. A statement from the Libertarian Party of Santa Clara County said in part, quote, The city of San Jose should stay neutral with respect to the display of symbols on the property that it controls, including flagpoles. If it is going to allow the display of the flags of other nation-states, it should allow the display of the flag of any nation-state. The city should either allow any foreign flag to be displayed or get out of the business of displaying foreign flags at all. Ten years ago, there was a lot of controversy in some of the southern states because people were waving the Confederate battle flag, and people said, you can't wave the flag of the Confederacy, which, by the way, that's not the Confederate flag. That's just the battle flag, but... Well, it's the battle flag of Tennessee. And it's pretty funny because the people who protest it, they clearly have no idea about history because, contrary to popular belief, the South, the Confederacy of the United States, wasn't exactly, you know, this quote-unquote racist, you know, white supremacist that people portray them. Well, it kind of depended on where you were. Yeah, but the majority of them did it because the North was, for lack of a better word, was fucking them over all the time. Well, the first states that seceded absolutely did it over slavery, and then you kind of had a couple states in the middle there was kind of a transition where it was about both. But the last ones, like North Carolina, Tennessee, Virginia, maybe a couple of others, they had actually earlier that year debated whether to secede over slavery and decided not to. But then the North started what they viewed as acts of aggression, and they were kind of like, okay, we're going to have to pick a side here, and so they decided to secede. And If you try to ban symbols that you don't like, that only empowers them. Nguyen says this is just a publicity stunt. Quote, He's trying to make a name for himself on the communist flag. I would dare him to go to Vietnam and put up a freedom flag and see what happens. Then he will understand what communism means. We know what communism means, but we have an old saying here in America, you don't prove yourself to be a better person by being a bigger asshole. Exactly. I mean, if communism means you're not allowed to fly a foreign flag, 
and he wants to make it illegal to fly a foreign flag, I don't really think he's thought things through. Yeah, if anything, that's a perfect example to debunk a communist. We can say, see, look, in a communist country, if you wave a pro-capitalist flag, you're going to get arrested and sent to jail. Whereas in America, a capitalist nation, even if you wave a communist flag, nobody's going to do anything about it except maybe criticize you, but that's it. But unfortunately, the city council passed the ban unanimously. Yeah, that's not going to have any unintended consequences. We live in a world where light bulbs connect to the internet, and recent attacks on them prove that your online security is under threat like never before. Not only your websites, but the internet-enabled devices you buy. And the biggest problem is weak passwords. That's why you need LastPass. LastPass allows you to randomly generate strong, unique passwords on the web and on your internet-enabled devices, all protected by one master password. LastPass sets up in minutes and gives you secure automatic logins throughout the web, synchronizing across all your browsers, all your computers, and even your mobile devices, at home, at work, or on the road. It even securely stores sensitive form data, including credit card numbers, backup sensitive documents, software licenses, Wi-Fi logins, and more. And with LastPass Premium, you can get these benefits on other applications, manage passwords for your entire family, and also get priority customer support. Sign up at password.bogosity.tv for a free month of LastPass Premium. Log in securely everywhere using the last password you'll ever have to remember. Go to password.bogosity.tv and get LastPass now. And now it's time to pre-formulate this week's Biggest Bogon Emitter. And this week it goes to someone on Hacker Noon going by Concerned LastPass User, who is actually spreading a bit of FUD about LastPass, claiming that it doesn't encrypt your vault like it claims to. You know, as much as I respect people's privacy, when you're doing something like this, you really need to put yourself out there. I mean, we have no way of telling if this person has any bias or conflict of interest or even just an axe to grind. But it's kind of like the WhatsApp story we covered last week. It's a feature, not a flaw. What's going on is LastPass needs certain data in order to do what it needs to do. And it needs that data to be sent outside of the encrypted store simply because it can't see into the encrypted store. And it's pretty obvious stuff. They need your email address because otherwise how are they going to send you emails? Oh, yeah. They need your IP address when you log in because, first of all, that's how the Internet works. And yep. second... That's how their country restrictions work. Again, that's why you need to invest in a VPN, people. Yeah, but if you do that, make sure you're consistent about what country you connect to. Otherwise, the feature won't do you any good. Yeah. And what he's talking about is the login URL, which is used for history tracking. It's not your username. It's not the password. It's just what website you're logging into. LastPass uses that to detect suspicious activity. Now, you can disable this if you want. Uh, you just go to Account Settings, Show Advanced Settings, Privacy, and Turn Off, Keep Track of Login and Form Fill History. But if you do that, you'll lose a potentially vital feature that might be able to detect when a hacker is trying to compromise your account. And that's the thing this guy doesn't get. Yeah, there's a little bit of a privacy concern if you really decide you don't trust the LastPass people with your information. But on the other hand, if you turn it off, you're facing a bigger risk from hackers. Yeah. And it really seems like he's trying to make this sound like a flaw a few years ago that was found in one password. And what was happening was an attacker couldn't get your passwords, but an attacker could get metadata showing what websites you were on. 
And that could be a privacy issue, like if you don't want people to know you're on Ashley Madison. But that flaw is not this flaw. This is still going over the encrypted connection to the LastPass web server, so an outside attacker cannot get this metadata without first breaking TLS encryption. And that just flew over my head. <laughs> Sorry. Well, the normal HTTPS encryption, the same thing that protects, you know, when you log into your bank mm -hmm. and do stuff. You know, it's protected by that same encryption. So it's not just hanging around where any hacker can get to it. So it, it might be something to be a little aware of. And again, you can turn off the feature, but it's probably not a good idea. And it's certainly nowhere near the level where you should be switching to an alternative like he does. Uh, he recommends Bitwarden, which is, it's a good password manager. It's free and open source. I'm not telling you not to use it. I mean, use the one that you'll use because one that you don't use doesn't do you much good. That's the beauty of the free market and why LastPass is better in the, than the government. Because if LastPass fucks up big time, people are going to say, screw you, LastPass, we're going to a different website. Oh, and if they did, I'd be the first one saying that, believe me. Oh, yeah, you know, I mean, whereas with the government, you know, if they fuck up, what are you going to do? Government doesn't go out of business. Yeah, and there are a lot of other good ones out there that are open source like KeePass, but really, when you're talking about the non-techie, LastPass is really the easiest to use. You can get customer support. There's lots of options for password recovery, whereas with the others, you're pretty much on your own, and if you forget your password, you're screwed. <laughs> and I really love the security challenge you can run with LastPass. They're very good at keeping up with all the breaches that occur, and it'll let you know which of your passwords you haven't changed on those websites since those breaches occurred, and warn you of things like duplicate passwords. You've also got the issue of synchronization, because with Bitwarden and KeePass and things like that, you're going to have to make sure that you're copying your password vault to all the devices you use whenever you make a change. How are you going to do that? And it's probably not a good idea just to rely on something like Dropbox, Yeah, because you don't want them to get the... Uh, password vault in the first place and start running attacks on it. LastPass runs their own cloud service and they've got people who know what they're doing setting this up. They're almost certainly going to do a better job of that than you will. Oh, yeah. So there are a lot of advantages to LastPass. Again, if there were a serious problem, believe me, I'd be the first one telling you to switch, but this isn't really anything to worry about. It's kind of like what we talked about with WhatsApp, except whereas with WhatsApp, it was just something that would make it easier for people to use in situations where where that was a big issue. In this case, it's actually something that, yeah, it's a little bit of a privacy concern if you don't trust specifically the LastPass people, but it also helps protect you against hacker activity. And again, if you're ultra-paranoid, you can turn this feature off. Yeah. So all of that makes this anonymous coward this week's biggest bogani emitter. Bogosity.tv gives you great ways to shop at Amazon. Clear your cookies and go to Amazon.Bogosity.tv and you won't pay a penny more for your purchase. Or go to Prime.Bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial of Amazon Prime and enjoy thousands of movies and TV episodes, borrowed Kindle books, and get unlimited two-day shipping for free. And speaking of Kindle, Go to kindle.bogosity.tv for a 30-day free trial to Kindle Unlimited. Read over 1 million books and listen to thousands of audiobooks on any device. 
or go to home.bogosity.tv to try Amazon Home Services. Over a thousand different services from quality hand-picked pros, from house cleaning to equipment and furniture assembly, plumbing, electrical, painting, and other handyman services, all backed by Amazon's happiness guarantee. And as always, check the right-hand side of the podcast page for special Amazon deals. And now let's electroporate this week's Idiot Extraordinary. And this week it goes to the FDA for their ridiculous new rules about GMOs. Oh, great. This again? Two days before Trump's inauguration, the outgoing Obama administration quietly pushed through some regulations that will almost certainly have chilling effects on when or even if you'll be able to buy certain genetically modified foods. I thought we were over this, people. It's been proven over and over again that they were safe. Well, in this past year, you've had all sorts of innovations, even stuff we didn't cover. Like, I don't think we covered CRISPR, uh, and that's amazing new treatment. One day, it should give us effective treatments for genetic disorders by allowing us to correct mutant genes directly and precisely. Yep. And, I mean, that's on top of all of the promise genetic modification has given and even delivered on in the past, like golden rice. We talked about that a while back. Oh, but golden rice is toxic because it's got scientific words behind it, so it's got to be toxic. I can't pronounce it, so it must be bad. Yeah. (laughs) But now the FDA wants to regulate any animal with the genome altered by humans as an animal drug. Yes, an animal modified for any reason, including, like, a cow with no horns to make it safer to farm. They want them to go through a process similar to that for new drugs, which of course can take several years and several hundred million dollars. Yeah, and if I recall correctly, humans have been doing that for hundreds of years. Hell, we've been genetically modifying food before Gregor Mendel even wrote about genetics. Oh, long before then. Yeah, you know, we knew that if you crossbred certain seeds together or certain animals together, they produced interesting, unique ideas. That's how we took a wild gray wolf and turned it into a tiny toy poodle. According to Hank Greeley, bioethics expert at Stanford, quote, This is definitely squeezing everything into the definition of a drug. Yeah, you know, that's the whole thing with drugs. They're very vague with drugs lately nowadays, you know. Yeah, it's just getting vaguer and vaguer. Oh, yeah. There's also UC Davis animal geneticist Allison Von Enenam, quote, If DNA is a drug, then all life on Earth is high. Because that's all we're talking about is DNA. Quote, We have equivalent products with the same risks. Human intention isn't where risk lies. Who would say a Holstein is a drug? It's a bull without horns. There's no normal person that would think that's a drug. Last year, a report from the National Academies of Science found that there really isn't any logical place to draw the line between traditional breeding and genetic engineering. I mean, they've got largely the same benefits as well as the same risk. If anything, the report can be criticized for understating the benefits of GMOs because genetic engineering is more precise and you don't have all of these extra and unknown mutations coming along for the ride. It's pretty funny about how most of these anti-GMO people tend to be from rich nations with plenty of food and they have an option of what they can eat. Yeah, and consider that apparently they don't have to do this for products made through atomic gardening. You know, where they just bombard a whole bunch of plants with radiation to see what happens. Oh, yeah. Ruby red grapefruits? That's how they were developed, and they are a darling of the organic food industry. Wow. And, and it's just like, well, I mean, if you can do that, then, you know, what's wrong with a little genetic engineering? 
So Van Innenam said, quote, The random DNA alterations that result from de novo or chemical-induced mutagenesis will not be a trigger, but intentional, precise, and known alterations and any off-target random changes that might be associated with the intended edit will trigger regulation irrespective of the attributes of the end product. It's just frustrating. There's a really powerful new technology we could use to help solve problems like disease resistance, and now it's going to be difficult to use. And again, it goes back to what we said earlier. We want to find alternative you know, methods of farming, but it's got to be the alternatives we approve of. Now, it's not a done deal yet. There's a public comments period, and who knows, Trump could decide to reverse it if he wanted. So here's hoping smarter heads prevail. Until then, the FDA is absolutely going to be this week's well, that wraps up this A Plan, Let Me Put On My Slightly Larger Glasses edition of the Bogosity Podcast. Come join the discussion at forum.bogosity.tv and feel free to join in by sending a question, statement, news article, or rant in text or audio to podcast at bogosity.tv. This podcast depends on you to keep going, so please donate using the links on the website or the QR codes in the thumbnail, or become a patron at patreon.bogosity.tv and get the podcast and YouTube videos early and without ads or promos. Thank you for listening, and thanks to Chris Hangartner for joining me. It's good to be back. Until next time, here's a quote from Michael Spector. All the food we eat, every grain of rice and kernel of corn, has been genetically modified. None of it was here before mankind learned to cultivate crops. The Bogosity Podcast is licensed under Creative Commons Attribution, not commercial, no derivatives, 4.0 international license. Bogosity. Want answers to creationist claims against evolution? Would you like to know more about evolution yourself, or even engage creationists more directly, with actual peer-reviewed sources to back you up? My book, How Evolution is Scientific, is designed to show the basics of evolutionary theory and how it is so well supported using the scientific method. It's impeccably sourced, with references to the actual scientific material, and is arranged using the creationists' own criteria of what is scientific. Using their own arguments against them, see how evolution is scientific, but creationism is not. Based on observations, accurate predictions, logic, and evidence. Get answers to common creationist claims, and even a primer on abiogenesis, the start of all life. It's all in my book, How Evolution is Scientific, available at Amazon, and on Kindle, EPUB, and PDF as well. Get How Evolution is Scientific and never be taken in by creationists again. Leah said he'll challenge... Nguyen, Nguyen, I'm trying to get that pronunciation right. Leah said he'll chat... Leah said he'll chat... You can't pronounce his name? You're a racist, Shane. You can't pronounce his name... I can't pronounce English. What do you think I'm talking about? Yeah, I know.